You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? I uh, I don't have much going on, but um, I think I, I'm not going to get to watch this game because I'm leaving uh, my hotel today, which good thing. <laughs> I'd like to go home, but um, it stinks a little just because uh, – I was kind of excited to watch, you know, football's back. I want to watch like all the games right now, week 18. And there's like Broncos versus Raiders on Thursday night. Yeah. I'll probably be out, but uh, right now I want to see everything. No, I agree. Uh, Eagles. And I think I saw a stat again, we're recording this on a Thursday night. If you're listening to it on a Friday morning, you already have your winner. Uh, I'm not much of a fan when it is the NFC side. Cause it's like, man, it really doesn't impact the AFC picture. Uh, but uh, I think I saw a stat the, Vikings haven't lost a or haven't won a Thursday night game in 45 years. I don't know if it's home or on the road. I don't know, but um, I guess I'll watch it because you get the Eagles and the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a Monday night stat, Um, but that'd be a weird thing to kind of bring up. Or maybe they haven't beaten the Eagles in prime time. Maybe maybe I saw it and I didn't really think much of it. No. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Should be a pretty good matchup, but uh, we'll see what happens between the two teams on Thursday Night Football. I agree with you. Just happy football is back. Uh, we're recording this right now. Quick update because um, we need to go ahead and uh, give a Joe Burrow update as of now. We heard from Joe Burrow earlier this week. We talked about it on Tuesday. Obviously, a little breakdown of his play versus the Cleveland Browns. It was bad. Probably it was his worst pro game uh joe got a haircut which we did mention if you listen to the podcast on tuesday that i said i think joe burrow got his haircut he did big news in the city of cincinnati uh when the franchise quarterback does that but uh yeah no- nothing too much joe burrow still on the injury report full go with the calf injury i don't find that surprising i know a lot of people will see him on there and their biggest thing is joe's still on the injury report for me personally i still expect to see him on there for 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 a few more weeks to be completely honest yeah, because it's any time they get treatment. So if the calf is bothering him at all, he's probably going to get 
a massage yeah. or the, he's going to get like the i don't know ice the gun something heat I, I, these guys have way more access to like what i would have been able to do at that time which was like rub my own leg uh but um there's so much available to him if he if it bothers him at all he's gonna get treatment that's why so many guys are on the injury report a lot of the time is just if they get treatment you have to write it down so we'll um i'm not that concerned about it maybe i should be it's going to be this week that matters for me where i'm looking at this week as okay if burrow doesn't look like burrow this week my level of concern moves from like a two up to maybe uh four yeah i mean because you don't want to put in that situation and I said it in, in the uh, when they played against the Cleveland Browns. When Joe Burrow is off, the offense doesn't function. It just doesn't. And we saw that on Sunday. Um, it, it was Joe. He was the worst, off, I would say, offensive player. Maybe I'm being a little harsh right now. Uh, but but you have those high expectations for your franchise quarterback. And the thing is, when Joe has a bad game, he normally rebounds off it. The only difference is one of the comments he did make when asked about rolling out, and obviously we we know Joe Burrow can run for a first down or, or be pretty mobile. He was, we're feeling it out right now. And I think that concerned a lot of fans. I feel like Joe was just being honest. Um, you know, isn't 100% with the calf. He did say it was sore after the game. So it's just something to monitor, but I agree with you. Um, you know, you think of this as a bounce back game for the offense, because I do have a lot of confidence in the defense and I'm still not sure how to feel about this game and the confidence level I do have with the offense going into the game against Baltimore, even though it is, you know, they do get a little bit of a home field advantage playing back at home. You know, this game's interesting to me because it's a test of how much of the issues the Bengals have with the Ravens, you know, how bad is it? A, did they correct things and they're going to make it better this week and they're going to actually push the ball down the field, have explosive plays and be an exciting offense, which I don't think there were in any of the three Ravens matchups. But if, even if that's not the answer, B, can McDonald still pull it off with this defensive back group? Because yeah. Marcus Peters is out, which I believe he played in all three matchups. I could be wrong. At least I think he played in the playoff game in the first one, right? I mean, somebody he did. Back check. Okay. Yeah. And then they don't have uh, Clyce Campbell anymore on the inside. So the defensive line takes a little bit of a hit, even though they added Jadavion Clowney to the outside. The outside corners, it sounds like they'll be without Humphrey, and they'll be – obviously, Peter's left. He's with Las Vegas now. So the starting corners are Ronald Darby, which maybe you could think of him as a Marcus Peters equivalent, but – the other one is Brandon Stevens, and that guy is listed as a safety on Pro Football Reference. So he is off the street. They signed Rocky Sin, and it must not work out, or they're just saving him for nickel-only stuff because he played eight snaps, and the other corners took all the other stuff. Um, it sounds like Geno Stone will start in place of Marcus Williams, and Kyle Hamilton's obviously still there, which Kyle Hamilton probably the lone bright spot in the secondary right now. So I will be very impressed if Michael, if Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens is able to, is able to stop this Bengals offense with these three wide receivers, even with this defensive back group. 
It's kind of like the opposite. And um, I know we, we we mentioned it on the previous podcast this week when going back and looking at the tape, when you look at this game plan against the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people were like, run the ball, run the ball in the Browns game. And now you're going to want to air it out. You want to take advantage of what the secondary looks like. And it does feel like a get back game for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the wide receiver room, maybe Irv Smith Jr. And just hearing Jamar Chase talk about it in the locker room today, he, he was really honest when it comes to communication. You know, that, that was an issue last week. And that's something that it feels like it, it should be the least of our worries when you think of this wide receiver group, especially Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and their connection. Um, something that they, they just have to get back in this home opener. So um, I agree with you. you. You look at the injuries for the Baltimore Ravens. It's absolutely crazy because it always feels like when the Ravens play the Bengals, um, they are dealing with, with quite a few. You flip over to the other side of the ball, and I think you look at their offensive line. And that would be a concern for Baltimore, too, because it's still pretty big names that they're going to be without when it comes to what pressure we're seeing from guys like Trey Hendrickson um, and, and on the defensive line. Maybe Joseph Asai is able to go back out there. I know he's been limited, but limited all week. And um, I feel like Zach Taylor will make the call tomorrow after their walkthrough if he plays on Sunday. And I think that would be huge for the rotation, too. Yeah. And yeah, Ronnie Stanley, all world left tackle out. Tyler Linderbaum, most likely out. And they have a left guard that the Texans went after a bit. Um, right guard, right tackle, still the same. It's uh, Kevin Zeitler, old friend, and Morgan Moses. I will say Zeitler had some rough reps in that game. Could just be a one-off. Could be, you know, father time undefeated. But I'm not trying to call that. I'm trying to just say, you know, one-off. Guys have bad games. Burrow just had one. Uh, T had one. All, all these guys had bad games. So it could just be a week one thing, could be a bad game thing. But we'll say, worth noting, if you know he has another bad game, maybe I start looking at like, oh, maybe he is older. Uh, Morgan Moses didn't play great. And it was Will Anderson mostly taking it to those guys who is probably a better pass rusher than Sam Hubbard, but, you know, rookie. Um, Trey Hendrickson going against a backup left tackle. I'm into it. I'm in. Yeah, the, I'm fully invested in that. The Ravens in – I went. I watched their coaches' film of their game against the Texans on offense and defense. But the offense, it disappointed me. Really? All this talk about Todd Monken going to like be such an upgrade over Greg Roman, all this other stuff. He had similar issues, and I don't think it's a Lamar thing because my issues are with like what happens with the wide receivers more so than with Lamar. They didn't have an answer for cover zero until late in the game or at least the midway point of the game. And the answer was generally, let's just dump this ball to Zay Flowers and let him go make four people miss. So is that sustainable? Maybe if he is an awesome, awesome talent as a rookie, like right out the gate. But to me, I'm like, man, the guys tackle better. They didn't have any answers for this. And then the other thing was there were plays, not a ton of them, but there are still plays like in the Roman system where like you had three wide receivers running to the same place. And they were mainly the three wide receivers that are the only ones 10 yards downfield. So that just feels so pointless to me as a concept. I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like one guy is going to be able to take away three throws. Uh, so could that be that he hasn't fully installed his offense because it's just his first year and he's trying to ease guys into it. And maybe they didn't even, you know, have everybody fully there. If I wasn't that paying that much attention to Ravens training camp, um, or maybe it's just, you know, something with the Ravens, a systemic issue, or maybe it's just wide receivers reading things wrong and or freelancing or whatever. But I was a little disappointed because I, I was expecting a great, 
Like, not great. But I was expecting a good Ravens passing game, or at least a uh, pretty solid one. And I came away thinking, like, man, this passing game is kind of similar to how it was before, and I didn't like it before. It's better, but uh, they also asked Nelson Aguilar to block uh, Will Anderson on one play. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, I think we're galaxy-brained here. Well, and I think one thing to watch out for, I mean, we talk about the injuries on the offensive line for the Baltimore Ravens. When Lamar is pressured, his numbers not so good. Um, and that's something that, you know, we might be able to see again. Will they still kind of have um, that from Trey Hendrickson, what we saw from week one against the Cleveland Browns? I know it's overlooked because of just how that game went, but he feels like he's on another level right now. And I'm really excited to see that. But let me ask you this. Obviously, Zay Flowers is out there and um, he's an exciting rookie for them. But Mark Andrews will be back. What do you think about that addition and what that'll do for the offense on Sunday? Yeah, I think he's going to dominate the Bengals. He always does. I mean, I'm expecting – I put the over at 80 yards. Like, do you think he has more or less than 80 yards? And I think he scores a touchdown. I just yeah. – every single time they play this guy, he finds a way to really take it to them. And what I think is just he's a really smart tight end. And when you play against Lamar Jackson, it's a lot of zone coverage. And he knows how to find holes there. He knows how to manipulate defenders. He knows how to get behind one guy and in front of the other and just kind of sit down. And him and Lamar have a mind meld with, I'm going to get leverage here. And Lamar knows where to throw it, kind of like uh, Burrow and Chase, where normally on go balls, it's like, all right, I know we're, we both know we're going back shoulder here. Or we both know I'm going to throw this over the top and you're going to go get it. So I expect him to have a good game. If he's limited from the injury still, that would be what – I think stops him, but otherwise, and I'm okay with it. I think it's okay to let a guy have a pretty good game. Now, if Andrews has a, a great game and then you're looking at like, cause this is kind of like what with the chiefs uh, in the championship game, right? Like Kelsey can have a good game and you still win. Even though he didn't have a good game in the championship game, they won in the championship game. They lost the Bengals lost. He had a good game, but the issue was Marquez got Scantling had a good game and <laughs> Now you're looking at it. the offense wasn't even that bad. What was it 23 20? Or the defense wasn't even that bad. 23 20. Um, but still, like when two guys start having a good game. So Zay Flowers also has a great game, or Odell Beckham goes for that 200 yard performance he said he was going to have in the Super Bowl, or Rashad Bateman has a big game. Now you're looking at like the issues with this. But if you let one guy have a good game, it is what it is. And I think if one guy is going to have a good game for the Ravens, it's going to be. Mark Andrews, and maybe it turns into a fireworks show. Maybe, but I just think that Luana Rumo has done a really good job on Lamar Jackson over the course of his career, uh, especially since he got the pieces he needed on defense. I think before that, you could look at some games. I think he was a defensive coordinator on you know the spin move play, but uh, that was before they had a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think all of those are good points. I will add Mark Andrews. He's been limited all week, um, but I still expect him to go on Sunday. Um, I know he did tell the Baltimore Ravens media he's feeling better every game. So um, I agree with you. I feel like if he plays, he's just he's going to get his. It's just what yeah. happens. Um, and that is totally fine because, of course, this Baltimore Ravens, I, I know we talked about the injuries on the offensive line. Look, there's more talent in their wide receiver room than we normally see. Um, you know, Lamar did get some help when it comes to weapons. We'll see what Odell Beckham is able to do. But I still feel like Zay is their number one target. And, um, you know, if, if they shut well, down Zay. Over Andrews? No, well, not over Andrews, but I would say over wide receivers. Oh, yeah, I agree. I was mad I didn't get him anywhere in fantasy because I thought that heading in. And now I have Rashad Bateman everywhere because I was like, well, I think he's number two, I guess. <laughs> but I, guess uh, I was, uh, yeah, you know? I, I 
man, I wanted him everywhere. I was like, look, I, I think the other guys are fine, but this guy, I didn't even watch him in college. I was like, this guy's a chance to be good. So when it comes to the running game, uh, no J.K. Dobbins, it's really unfortunate. It's kind of what has happened to him in his NFL career when it comes to injuries, and he won't Full be out there. Injury is devastating. 100, especially for a running back. Um, just absolutely, uh, it's awful. Feel bad for J.K. Hopefully he can bounce back in the offseason um, and return last year, especially when he was in contract negotiations with the Baltimore Ravens for an extension uh, before all of that happened. You look at their running back room right now, and, and what do you think of that when it comes to stopping the run on Sunday outside of Lamar Jackson? Because I know he's mobile. Gus Edwards is a grinder. I think he's a guy that will get you what you need. And Lamar Jackson, obviously, if they can get him rolling in the run game, that'll be big. Um, Justice Hill, I don't have much of a feel for. It was interesting, but he's I, I haven't really watched him much. Uh, and then they could call up Melvin Gordon. Sure. I mean, that'll just feel like when they called up Le'Veon Bell before, um, when he was over the hill. They could call Keaton Mitchell up. I don't know anything about him, uh, so I have no opinion of him. What I think is the sneaky run game for them is if they can get Devin Duvernay going on some, you know, junk ball, uh, not not trick plays, but just like designed plays, jet sweeps, because it's not trick play. You know, jet sweep isn't a trick play anymore. It's not like a reverse pass or something. But jet sweeps, um, some other stuff like that. Maybe you talk about screens as if they are part of the run game, just like real short passes. But, you know, he's fast, and I think he has good vision, and he's pretty elusive. He's a good return man. And I think they like getting him in space and letting him play offense as if he's a return guy. So that's the guy I'd watch for in terms of the run game being kind of like a surprise. Oh, okay. You know, Dobbins is out. Maybe we move to this a little bit more. They didn't do it against the Texans, but they were up solid when Dobbins went out. And also, I mean, they're probably holding a little bit back from the Texans. The defense was just completely different than I expect. So much single high. If they try single high with Stevens and Marcus Peters, I mean, you know, fire up the band. Yeah, that's something to watch. And, and on the defensive side, I know we hit on it a little early in the segment, uh, but the linebacker room, there's one guy who, who still terrifies me on their defense. And uh, yeah. I, I feel right. like him and Jamar ha might have a few words out there. <laughs> on uh, offensive defense, maybe a physical game uh, from him. And and he's he's the one that I'm concerned with when it comes to their defense. Yeah, best player on the defense. I mean, Roquan Smith, he's great. Um, how, but it's just, you know, the, I think people want to attack the middle of the field against the Browns. I feel like in this game, you want to find, you want to, the game to me almost comes down to, can you get the Ravens to not give all of their help to the outside so that you can get those corners one-on-one -on -one with your wide receivers. And if they can't, maybe the Ravens have a chance to slow this offense down or even stop it like they have before. But if you can, I just don't see those guys having the game that Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson and even Greg Newsom had last week. So I would just avoid Roquan Smith for the most part. Run game, you can't avoid him. <laughs> you know, He's right there. And Patrick Queen's fine. I think he's developed into a – decent player so his running mate isn't bad anymore uh, i think he used to be but you know he's developed what i'm interested in a little bit is this defensive line versus offensive line battle as well do you have any feeling on those guys now that campbell's gone i 
clowny sign there and i forgot about that until i saw somebody wearing like number 24 and i was like who is that so i think the biggest thing is what we're seeing this week it's the highlight tape everything that happened against miles garrett and maybe low light for a lot of guys uh we can we can see what what i mean it was all over the miles garrett highlights for this week so i think this week you get to judge the offensive line a little bit better. Uh, the competition's going to be different. Look. Oh, yeah. If the offensive line is bad this week, I, my red flag's everywhere. Yeah. But it, because last week, it's not there for me just because mm -hmm. you know, that, that rush is really good. Yeah, and it really week is. One. Now, week two, you're at home, too, so they shouldn't have as good of a get-off as they as the Browns were able to get. Um, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a solid performance, if not a good one. But, um, yeah, if, if it's bad, I got to start thinking, like, man, this this is a real red flag. And that's a huge concern when your quarterback isn't 100% right now because Joe needs all the protection if they are still nursing that calf strain. Um, you know, it, it, do you want to see Joe roll out a little bit? Do you want to see Joe go for the first down? Or are you still, like, be cautious with Joe out there right now in week two? I'm kind of expecting a lot of zone coverage rather than man. So I don't know if I really want him to run that much just because he's going to be running into defenders. If it was a team that was going to be willing to man up and try to play that way and really test Joe Burrow's calf, if they had the corners to do that, kind of like the Browns did, um, then maybe I'd be like, okay, you know, that's, that, that's a question for Joe and not me, but you have the opportunity to really gain some yards, kind of like Watson did. Watson took advantage of when the Bengals were in man coverage. He would run the ball sometimes and pick up some big gains. Um, but when it comes to this defensive line, the I have two guys I'm a little bit worried about, and that is Odafe Owe, who Jonah Williams and him had a back and forth. I think in the first game, weird enough, where Jonah dislocated his first kneecap and came back after halftime, Jonah would shut him out. It was, you know, he was lights out in that game. But then in the second and the third game, Owe got him, and he got him good for multiple sacks in those two games. Not each game, but like one sack, one game, one sack, the next game. He also had an awesome pressure. I think it was just a pressure against Cordell Volson because they will move him inside, kind of like the Browns did with Garrett there. And he's probably their best rusher. He got clamped up by Laramie Tunsil, but everybody basically does. Chris Evans, um, it's really starting to feel like, again, they already had the Thursday practice. Friday, we'll get the vibe, pretty much who's going to play, who won't play when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals roster. And I would be surprised if Chris Evans is out there just because he um, he wasn't today. And I also think it'd be a little intriguing if they do activate Chase Brown for this game. What do you think about that? Yeah, if Chris Evans is out, you have to activate Chase Brown, right? Um, and this could be a scenario he actually gets some touches, too. When you're only starting or activating three running backs, I think that's a scenario where they're all probably going to get a little bit of work. When you have four guys active, maybe one's just kind of there for special teams. But I think they like the committee approach right now. And Chase Brown's, I think, a solid runner. And he looked better as a preseason went on. So we will see if uh, they – try to roll him out there and give him some runs, or maybe he just goes out there for a couple passes here and there, or maybe they just go mix and Travion. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep, to be determined. Again, uh, recording this on a Thursday night, Zach Taylor will have another injury update tomorrow and we'll really get a look at who is going to go versus the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals Paycor Stadium on Sunday. Home opener kickoff 1 p.m. We'll get to our predictions later in this podcast, but next we're going to get to your Twitter questions. Thank you again for following along. You can follow Mike Bengals underscore sand. You can follow me at Ellen DS Patterson. Twitter question number one. We'll go ahead and get to it. What caused Joe Burrow's slow start last week? Well, <laughs> rain to me. I think the weather was the biggest factor. Uh, I know the Browns defense did a lot of interesting stuff and they do a good job of attacking this Bengals offense. So I think that compounded it a little bit, but I've never seen Burrow as inaccurate as he was in that game. And maybe some people are going to attribute that to the calf, but to me, I think it was weather and you can look at the um, rain as an issue because he was messing with like going glove, no glove. It didn't matter. He couldn't throw the ball accurately. I was actually listening to, uh, the athletic football show has something with, I believe it's Chase Daniel now, mm-hmm. uh, where they talk about quarterbacks and how they played. And he basically just went, does Burrow have small hands? And, you know, was like, yes. And then he's like, yeah, he had real issues gripping the ball in the rain. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's the main thing he took away too. And I think, I don't want to discredit the Browns defense because they played awesome. But I think the main takeaway for why he was so bad and not just like normal bad or just a little stifled or whatever or maybe you know we're complaining more about the receivers because he's throwing it accurately and they're not there not getting any separation um is because of the rain i think the rain was a real issue but you got to figure out the rain too because they were abysmal in that situation and it rains in cincinnati and they have one dome game so there's a chance of rain in 16 games I know we said on the last podcast we thought that was his first rain game. It wasn't. Joe Burrow is from Ohio. He's played right, in high school. Right, right, right. But the ball's smaller in high school and college. Yeah, but I, I, I think, honestly, I think Joe brings up a really good point in his press conference this week um, when asked about snow and, and, and even when it's downpouring. Joe was even saying, like, if it was downpouring, it would have been better. But the rain was a nice drizzle, just enough to stick on the ball. And it felt like it was never coming off. Every single time he was touching the ball, it was just that drizzle on the ball. And it was really hard to grip. Um, and, and I think that was the problem. And I agree with you. And Joe even admitted it. Look, I got to get better playing in those conditions. Um, that's no excuse from him at all. And and I just, for me personally, I, I've said it before. I, I said it on social media. I think it was the perfect bad storm. You have a quarterback yeah. in week one. He's not getting a lot of reps. And he does value reps in training camp with his team. I would even say preseason because even Tyler Boyd said if they would have played in preseason, they're going to play just a few series and then they're out of there. They're not going to play. Oh, are, are you switching to my side? That they play in preseason? Yeah, like a couple. Like I just a don't think. 
for me personally, I look, I think next year if Joe Burrow is having a healthy offseason, they they will play in the preseason. I truly yeah. believe that. You know, I, I think Zach Taylor is gonna be like, look, enough of this. But they need help, they need a healthy Joe Burrow in the offseason yeah. to make that happen. I don't think it makes a difference that the offensive line is out there, the wide receivers are out there if Joe Burrow isn't out there in preseason. I think that you need you need everyone to get it to work. Um, and I know a lot of people will point and say, the offensive line still needs to get reps together even if Joe isn't out there. I think it changes. Look, we'll probably have that discussion next summer. The, the offensive line will be playing. Hopefully Joe Burrow is having a healthy offseason and he's out there too. But uh, for me personally, I think it was a lot of factors. You're coming off the calf strain. You're not getting the reps with your team. It's the the weather. Um, and you just had a bad game. And credit to the Browns defense. As we've mentioned before, they had a really great game. And that's going to be one of their toughest defenses that they have to face. Um, and I still think it's going to be a close one when they play the Baltimore Ravens this week. It, it always feels like that. They can't get the offense going lately. And uh, to be completely honest, I'm glad they don't have to see the Cleveland Browns until the last game of the season. And I hope they don't have to play the starters that they can just rest because I don't want that game to mean anything um, just with the way they match up. And you can look at the, the Jets and the Bills. Some division teams just have your number. And that's just what it feels like when it comes to the Cleveland Browns and this team. So for me personally, um, I think it was a little bit of everything. But you're saying you feel like weather is the biggest factor. Yeah, I think it was the biggest factor if I'm going to pick one. Like I think there, are, there were other issues, but weather was the main concern for me. And yes, by the way, also played that snow game against Buffalo. I felt, and he was throwing the ball fine. So I didn't feel weird about that one at all. Snow to me is worse for the skilled players that have to really plant, run, and try to explode. Um, they do better in the rain than they do the snow, and the quarterback seems to do worse in the rain and better in the snow. It's kind of crazy because you think of that uh, touchdown that didn't count for Jamar Chase in the snow. Yeah. Still one of my favorite catches. It's like, how did you make that catch? It's the snow is coming down so hard and he's just so talented. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, it, it would make sense if it was kind of flip-flopped when it comes to how the weather is with, with the quarterback. And yeah, Joe struggled and he has to get better in those games. Uh, let's get to our next question over there in the Twitter world. Is Cincinnati's run game underrated? It was last year. Um, and it might be this year. I just think, you know, people didn't think of it as a real threat, but they were top five in efficiency metrics. I think both EPA per play and success rate, which just measures, you know, how successful was the run. There's some issues there, but that's why I use multiple stats to look at it. They were just the kings of getting five to six yards. And that wasn't how it was last week, but we'll see, you know, one game sample size versus however many there were last year. Uh, I, it was post week four, so week five and on. Because I just, there's really last year, it's pre week four, post week four, or, it, or pre week five, and then week five and beyond, basically. It's just like, you know, the offense just changed. So I look at stats mostly from that time on. And they were top five in efficiency. And I don't think anybody talked about them like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's a little underrated, especially when you talk to other people that don't watch the Bengals. And I think even with the fans, uh, just just a little underrated. Do you think this isn't a Twitter question right now? But do you think uh, Joe Mixon or Chase Brown score a touchdown on Sunday? And I know Chase isn't activated yet, but I'm just throwing it out there. Um, sure. See, the confidence on that seems very fifty-fifty. You're like, nah, nah. That's kind of how I feel about it too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe Mixon gets in the end zone. Okay. Yeah, I could see it. That's why I said sure. I think it'd be 545 
towards it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they get in the end zone. That would be really ideal from uh, week one, scoring a touchdown at home. Next question over there on Twitter. Which DB provides the best matchup against Zay Flowers? Um, maybe even a combo of him and DJ Turner. But I think Awuzie, when he's healthy, does a great job sticking with those shifty guys. Uh, he has issues against the kind of like thickums, the A.J. Brown types. But he didn't have issues with guys that were able to shift, move, run, change speed, because he's able to do all that. Now, the injury changes that a little bit. You know, is he still that good with it? The other part of this, though, is just they're not going to shadow Zay Flowers, in my opinion. One, because he's a rookie. But two, because I'm expecting a lot of zone from Cincinnati here, because they want to keep eyes on Lamar Jackson. So what would be the point? You know, like shadow him over there to play to the curl or whatever. I mean, I guess if you're just playing three deep zones, kind of man on the outside, if they want to put flowers out there, I think, yeah, I think that's about it. It's just, I, I would expect if they do anything like that, or maybe on money downs, third, fourth down, they're going to put a woozie over him. But other than that, I don't think they're going to treat him as if he's Devonte Adams or, you know, they barely shadow in the first place. You can think of the Super Bowl where Cooper Cup was able to get against whoever he wanted. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody remembers that. Uh, kind of staying with the secondary right now when, when you mentioned Cheeto. It does feel like he's on a rep count, which makes sense. You're coming off the ACL and they're able to rotate DJ Turner in there. What did you think of DJ Turner in his first start? A little up and down. Now, I think he was mostly solid to fine, but there was just one rep where Watson missed him. And, you know, both quarterbacks are missing everything. But Watson missed him, but he kind of fell down on a slant route. And maybe that was the rain. Maybe it was, you know, footing, whatever. But it kind of stuck in my mind of just like, oh, you can't fall down on a route. You got to be able to make the tackle if you get beat. Yeah, we'll see what that looks like. And if um, if, if Cheeto's still not out there for uh, the majority of the snaps, snaps on the defensive side, and I wouldn't be surprised. It might take a couple weeks before Lou and, and Zach Taylor feel comfortable putting him out there for the whole game. Next question. Cheeto, I just wanted to add, Cheeto's snap count was interesting because he played a majority of the first half. I went back When I went back and watched a second time, well, I guess a third time because I watched it live too. But when I went back and watched the coaches film a second time, I was trying to keep track of when they started pulling Cheeto. And first half, he was in there most of the time, and they pulled him a little bit. And then second half, it was mostly Turner, and then he would come in for key downs or dime packages or, you know, a drive here and there. Yeah, and and the good news when it comes to Cheeto, um, you know, he's been fine at practice. Uh, so it, it's good to hear after his first start out there. Uh, to, to be determined on what it looks like on, on Sunday. I know we've already kind of um, hit on this in the running back room, uh, Chase Brown making his debut on Sunday. If Chase Brown is out there, it was one of uh, another Twitter question we had. What what are your expectations for him? Not much. Uh, I'm hoping – what I'm hoping for is an explosive play because I think he does have home run speed, and I think he has that potential. But a rookie's first start, and he's probably not getting that many carries without some type of injury – not much expectations. I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm hoping I see something. Hope I'm seeing a flash. I guess I'm expecting to see. I'm expecting to see um, solid vision. I think that's where I would go. Is like, is the game moving at the right speed for him, or is he sped up, or is he too slow, or does it just feel like he's overwhelmed? That's what I'll mainly be looking for because if, if the game's moving at the right speed for him, I think he can be a solid running back this year, at least a part of the committee. But if it's moving a little fast for him, maybe you have to put him on ice for a little while. 
Let's get to one more Twitter question before we give predictions for what's going to happen in week two for the Cincinnati Bengals. How well did the young defensive players do? And uh, outside of DJ Turner, just overall, I think we can uh, talk about a guy. I know it's not his rookie year, but Zach Carter on the defensive side. Yeah, so the only rookie defensive players that played were really just uh, DJ Turner and then Miles Murphy a little bit. And I thought Murphy was fine. Uh, he didn't get that many snaps <laughs> so I didn't think he was terrible but you know he just kind of he got some snaps at the end of the game and he got a few here and there I'd like them to trust him more so Sam Hubbard could get more breathers but as it stood I thought he was you know he was fine in his limited opportunity I do think for second year players Zach Carter was a standout because I didn't think he was very good last year but this year looked like a little bit of a level up and it's not so much as a pass rusher he was whatever as a pass rusher um at least from what I recall from watching the game three times, but he was a stout run defender. And that kind of surprised me a little bit because he's a little undersized for that interior defensive line spot. But I thought he did a good job, especially when Wills would try to down block him. He would be able to push back and use his strength and squeeze the hole. He might not have made a ton of stops or anything, but I, I thought he played pretty well. And that was a noticeable improvement. And the last guy would just be, I thought Cam Sample, he looked a little, he looked a little bit leveled up and he did in the preseason too. I think, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe, you know, there is the chance that he has the season we kind of all thought Osai might. And uh, that'd be cool. And hey, maybe they both break out. That'd be the best thing, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. And and honestly, just getting some of the guys, um, you know, we see out there the majority of the time on the defensive side, getting them some breaks on the sideline to rotate players out would be absolutely huge. Because the biggest thing, and, and we've talked about it all offseason, I love Lou in this defense. They have produced so well in playoff right. games, the majority of the season, but they just couldn't get to the quarterback. And I feel like just looking at this past game, that that's going to change this year. And we're going to start to see that pressure. And it's only going to help your secondary. Your secondary is still pretty young out there. So get pressure on the quarterback. Make life easier for the rest of your defense. And I, I really do think we're going to see that. Trey Hendrickson is an animal. And um, he got an extension in the offseason. And, and maybe that's a little extra juice for him. But I'm excited to see him on Sunday. Um, yeah. And obviously not, not a young player. <laughs> Last thing was, I just feel bad not mentioning him. Dax Hill played pretty well, got that pick, even though it was thrown right to him. And I thought other than that, he did a solid job. Cam Taylor-Britt, I thought he was fine um, to find a solid somewhere in there, which is how I'd also describe Nick Scott. They had the same issue. They both got beat deep on a play, and it was underthrown, so they were able to come back and recover and make a play on it. But they both had that issue. I don't think either one was bad. And some people are you know, looking at PFF scores and yelling at me about Nick Scott not playing well. You know, I, I don't think I would describe it as good, but I thought he was fine. And I thought Cam Taylor-Britt was fine. And actually, the guy that had any issues or the most issues in the secondary to me was you know, Mike Hilton. But I trust that he'll be okay just because he's been there so long. Um, and I wouldn't even describe Hilton as playing, you know, bad or anything. I, I just thought he get he had a few mm, like outbreakers and stuff that he just wasn't able to keep up on. So, you know, we'll see how that develops. It's one game. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention Cam Taylor Britt and Dax Hill because they both played a ton of snaps and I just kind of zoned past them in my mind because I don't know. Maybe I didn't consider them young developmental pieces, even though they are. Before we get to predictions, while we stay with these young guys, the playmakers, I know Dex Hill, yeah, Deshaun Watson threw a football right at him. I, I didn't mind it. Uh, hopefully more quarterbacks do that. When it Wasn't comes that to tip by young guy Zach Carter, too? Yes, yes. 
There were yeah. there were several guys making plays out there, and I'm not surprised at all. But l- let me ask you this before we get to predictions, um, the, the final segment on, on what's going to happen on Sunday. Do you see this defense creating a turnover on Sunday? Yes. Uh, and part of that to me is, man, that Ravens offense wanted to commit turnovers against the Texans. So if it's like that, I'm, I think I think they'll get a turnover. Um, Lamar had two fumbles, one just butter on the ball situation where it just flew out of his hands. Um, and then I believe another was a botch snap. I can't remember too well right now. He also threw a terrible interception that, oh man, he was in the, he was either in the red zone or just outside of it. And third down, it's like, throw that ball away or take a sack. And you've got Justin Tucker, man. You could take whatever sack you want as long as you don't go back beyond your own 50. But he tried to force it and threw a pick. And it's like, that's the one thing you can't do in that situation. Um, so I, they had some issues with uh, ball security. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for the Bengals. And they just need to capitalize there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you so much for sending your Twitter questions. Now let's go ahead and get to predictions. We've already previewed this match. Maybe a turnover on the defensive side. What is going to happen? Give me your score. I I am really hoping this doesn't come back to bite me. I think the corner injury, injuries are too much for the Ravens. I just I, – I, I don't want to put a narrative spin on anything. I want to just look at this, how I'm looking at it, and I just think that those corner injuries are just – that is going to be tough. And then you don't even have your starting safeties. You have one starting safety out of the two. And it's not the more rangy guy that usually plays over the top. It's more the guy that plays underneath. And I've heard them say Geno Stone, the guy's going to replace Marcus Williams, can be pretty rangy and play pretty well in that spot. I I think the Bengals – I hope I don't look stupid. Hey, end of the pod. You know, it's only Bengals fans yeah. listening now, right? If you're yeah. listening still. I'm going 31-17. Yeah, I feel like I don't normally try to predict a, a two-score win, but hey, if they don't pull it off, I'm, I'm going to be much more pessimistic about them going forward. Um, but I'm still very optimistic that this is a Super Bowl team, and I just think the Ravens have too many injuries to compete with that. Look, Ravens have injuries. I will say that. I have a little bit of a disclaimer to start before I give my uh, prediction on what's going to happen on Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals do not want to go 0-2. Uh, last year it was against the Dallas Cowboys in week two. This would be a divisional game. And I knew that they went three and three in their division and everybody else did too. You just do not want to repeat that because that was a 10 game win streak to get to get you to the AFC championship game. And that isn't easy to do in the NFL. This is a big game. Joe Burrow said it this week. You need to go one and zero every week. And I'm just taking one game at a time. I'm not even thinking about the division. I'm not even thinking about the playoffs. I'm thinking one game at a time and you are back home, sweet home. And I will say the games at Paycor stadium are different. You get a home field advantage. It's helpful. Yes. The Ravens are battling some injuries. I still think it's a close game. 
I need to see more out of this. I, I still need to see more out of this offense before um, I'm feeling the confidence is back. And I need to see Joe Burrow out there again. Need to see him hit his wide receivers. Um, maybe we'll see the gritty. Hopefully that returns because Jamar Chase is getting in the end zone or, or he goes to T. Higgins and he has a rebound game. Um, I'm going very low scoring. And uh, Justin Tucker, he's still a weapon. He's still a weapon. So I feel like they 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 can go to him too. I'm going 21-17. Okay. Hey, we both have them scored 17. Yeah, I, I'm. I still think, and 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 I'll say this right now as a disclaimer: Would I be surprised if the Baltimore Ravens won the game? Not at all. Not at all. Oh, um, I guess I should also say that if the Ravens win, I'm not shocked, even though I predicted the Bengals by two scores. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, look, I'm glad we don't do the all Bengals predictions right now, so it's not written in stone anywhere. <laughs> like you got to go find this podcast 40 minutes in to go get my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm just. I, I do feel like this offense. I think it's going to be good. I, I think I think this is going to be a good game from them. I just think the injuries are the issue for Baltimore. If McDonald's able to pull this off, I mean, my opinion of him probably moves from like, yeah, that's a good defensive coordinator to, oh, that's a really good defensive coordinator. Um, and my opinion of the Bengals, depending on how it looks, is it the offensive line? Is it Burrow? Either one, my opinion of the Bengals moves like, okay, we have real concerns. Um, I think the main way the Ravens can stifle them is if they are able to get a lot of pressure and play the run well. Because I just, man, I just don't think the coverage, no matter what they do, is really going to hold up to much. Uh, but hey, if the offense struggles as much as you're having them struggle, I feel like I might even be there on a win where I'm like, I'm a little less optimistic about this team. And then maybe it's a get right game against LA, but man, LA look good. They look good against Seattle. <laughs> I will say this about, and we'll get to Los Angeles next week as we wrap this up. They had a bunch of receivers out there that I don't think the defensive coordinator had a lot of tape on for the um, Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going to give them one game, and maybe Matthew Stafford has it again. And, and he's still a top 10 quarterback. People need to realize oh, that. Oh, they play the San Francisco 49ers. I wonder if we are way more down on them after this week. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a matchup I'm, I'm ready to watch. And here's the games you have to take advantage of. I said I'm taking this week by week, but you're at home. Don't drop one at home. You get nine Agreed. games at home. That's also part of the reason I have them winning and doing it handedly is they're at home. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm predicting a solid big win. It doesn't have to be two scores the whole game, control the game, you know, like backups are in or anything, but maybe it's just a late score that puts them up. I just, I just think it's too much firepower, and at some point, you know, maybe McDonald's able to make it look like an average defense, but I – I do think the weather was the main concern with the offense in week one. I think we are having much different narrative discussions. If we just get that deep ball of T Higgins on the fake screen and, or the, the slot fade, the T Higgins, which was there, or maybe he connects on a couple of those go balls that the receivers had to dive for and couldn't bring in, but maybe they're a little bit like one yard shorter and they catch him over the shoulder for 30 yards. I just think there's so many missed opportunities and this Ravens pass rush in my mind isn't the same thing as the Browns. So we'll see. I'm, I've talked myself through it. I'm there. I'm, I'm predicting it. Dunk on anyone on Twitter after if it doesn't go that way. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm nervous saying it, but that is how I feel is like, I feel like this can be a two score win for them. I just think they're going to try to get right. The Ravens. I just, uh, if the offense looked like what everybody was doing the think pieces this off season about how it would look like Georgia and all that other stuff with Todd Monken, I would be way more concerned. I was like, man, that looked a lot like Greg Roman. And maybe they were just hiding things. Maybe it was just, you know, 
uh, they wanted, they knew week two was a big game. Both teams know this is a huge game too. I think the Ravens would love to put the Bengals 0-2 in the division and put them kind of down in the hole because they probably still and should feel like they are the second best team in this division. Or maybe they think it's a 1A, 1B, or maybe they even think they're the best team in the division, especially if they beat the Bengals. Um, so they would love to take control of this division. But yeah, that's uh, that's everything. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Bengals are no longer favorites to win the AFC North, so you need to you need to get this game. Get this okay, game. I, I oh man, I would put a doll, I would put five bucks on that. Well, <laughs> you should go put five dollars on it, Mike, and, uh, <laughs> and then make some money off of it because they're not. Not only are they no longer the Browns are good though, like they are better than I thought, but it is also yeah, is well, that defense that's sustainable? Can they maintain the health? And then I I the Watson thing, I was like, yeah, it wasn't him. No, Carmel will come back and get them on offense. Um, but uh, on the on that side, um, not only are they no longer favorites to win the AFC North, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are way up on them when it comes to winning the Super Bowl. The Bengals aren't, you know, a, a top favorite anymore, but they're still up there. Uh, but again, it's one week at a time. You need to go one and zero, like Joe Burrow said earlier this week. We're both picking the Cincinnati Bengals to get their first win of the season as they get home, sweet home against the Baltimore Ravens. You have plenty of pieces on all Bengals. Go ahead and wrap it up and tell everybody where you're what what's on there yeah just check out the article i wrote on the third down and it was interesting how they failed i think there were opportunities and more missed opportunities than they were like bad designs or anything and that just you know it, with a better performance from the offensive line better performance from wide receivers better performance from the quarterback any of those three not even all three or two of those three and we're probably talking about it much differently uh i don't think they're all going to stink again I think is kind of my main takeaway from the article. And this was the fifth best offense on third down last year by conversion rate. And they converted two out of the 15 first downs, uh, which is terrible. And six opportunities were four yards or less. So really terrible. Um, I don't expect that to continue, but it, it, I think it's worth looking at just because, you know, they do play this Browns team again, and maybe that's what you're going to look at on third down. So, that ah, just a third down article. I wasn't exactly – it's so hard to find something to write about when the team gets dominated like that. Um, when it's a close loss, you know, like guys play really well, and you can still be excited. But it's just a thorough butt-kicking. Sometimes it's hard to figure out, like, what should I write about? The good news, every time they get beat really bad uh, for uh, against the Browns, it, they usually go to the AFC Championship game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, Bengals and the Ravens on Sunday at Paycor Stadium. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>